is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Tuesday, September 6th. Week one is officially on, baby. Week one is here. I'm not talking fantasy draft anymore until we get to February. And yes, well, maybe maybe December, I guess, because I'll release I'm going to release initial rankings in December. So I guess we'll talk about it then. Uh, but no, it's on in season fantasy football. And today you can see from the title, I'm going to do some waivers. Uh, it's a, a weird week for waiver wire because we haven't had any games so we'll talk a little bit about the strategy for this week and moves that you could make if you need to make a move, but you know there's going to be more that we'll flesh out there. I'm not going to talk about quarterbacks because chances are either in one quarterback leagues there's a bunch of quarterbacks on waivers, or in two quarterback superflex leagues there's pretty much nobody on waivers. And I'll give you uh, a few defenses to stream if you happen to have just simply drafted off of rankings and drafted the Bills because I don't think you want to play them this week. Just saying. They're facing the Rams. So, uh, just saying. And before we get started, just a reminder, ftnfantasy.com. Now's the time, man. In-season content, rankings, tools, projections galore, all of that and more at ftnfantasy.com. Use that promo code RATPACK. That works at ftndaily.com and ftnbets. I actually just put a... A few props in, a few player prop recommendations for Thursday Night Football at FTNBets.com. You can get the whole shebang, too. We have an all-access promo code RATPAC. Get you a nice savings on that one, 20% off with that promo code. All right, so just a few general thoughts before I actually get into the specifics of the players who are widely available and maybe shouldn't be. First and foremost, if you don't have a drop, you don't have a drop. Like, if there's nobody on your roster who you can drop... You can't make a move. It's simple. It's really simple. You can't make a move. Now, this is why I hate those short bench leagues. You know, the uh, sort of beginner level argument in favor of short benches is, Jeff, it increases the skill because you have to manage your roster. Well, bro, I would like to manage my roster by getting out ahead of you and picking up players who you aren't even thinking about right now. And if we limit the benches, even a six-bench spot league is slightly limited based on the amount of starters that we have in a lot of instances. If we limit our bench spots, we limit our potential to use our knowledge, get out there, get ahead of our opponents, and scoop up players who shouldn't be on waivers, like some of the players I'm going to mention to you coming up here. So it's the really the exact opposite. My formula in a redraft league, you should have one bench spot for every starting skill position. So don't worry about kicker or defense, just the skill guys, quarterback, running back, wide out, tight end, and any flex slash super flex spots that you have or wide receiver, tight end spots or whatever. That's a flex spot, really. So anyway, it's not a true flex, but it's a wide receiver, tight end flex, whatever. You get what I'm saying. So if you have one quarterback, two running backs, three wideouts, a tight end, and a flex, that's eight. You should have eight bench spots. I know that sounds like a lot to a lot of people, but this will now allow you to get out there and and really work waivers and, and punish your opponents for leaving guys out there who shouldn't be out there. You can leverage your skill more so in, in a league like that. So it's something to think about, but obviously you probably can't do anything to change that right now in most leagues. Either way, if you don't have a drop, you can't make a drop. You can't you can't drop the player and add somebody else. That kind of leads into my other point here. You don't have to make moves all the time. You really don't. 
In fact, I find that far too often, and this is something I learned early in playing fantasy football, it's a mistake I made, and a lot of my career, honestly, has been based on the mistakes that I've made over the years, because what I really do is I pull the curtain back and tell you, all right, I did this, and you know it wasn't a good idea, and so now I do this, right? Basically, that's a lot of what I talk about, believe it or not, on the podcast, on the radio show, and all the content at ftnfantasy.com and so on. So here's a mistake I used to always make. I used to think that being the most active fantasy manager meant that I was going to be the best fantasy manager. And really, it was not true. In fact, there were a lot of times where at this time of year, before the stinking season started, I would make moves. And then lo and behold, six, eight weeks down the line, I'd look back and say, wow, that was a terrible move. And all I was really doing was making a move because I was so impatient about the season starting. In most instances, you don't need to make a move. Like, I'm going to mention some of these players, and I know I'm going to get hit up on uh, Twitter. I'm going to get hit up in the FTN Discord chat, which is a part of our subscription, and it's a pretty good part of it, by the way, about trying to add these players that I'm going to mention. And in some instances, maybe you should. Maybe you drafted in early August. Maybe you drafted Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is no longer even on a practice squad, much less on an active NFL roster. He does not deserve a fantasy football roster spot. So sure, you would drop him and you'd add one of these players that I'm going to mention. Or if you drafted Philip Lindsay, Philip Lindsay did not make the Colts roster. So you would drop him. Situations like that. Or a situation where maybe I'm seeing a lot of people drafting a buttload of running backs. That's a technical term, by the way. If you ended up with a roster where you have like eight running backs and five wideouts or four wideouts, like you're in trouble. Yeah, wide receiver big time. And maybe I might make a move where I get rid of the deepest running back or two and add one of those wide receivers if they're out there. That sort of thing. Or, you know, if your opponent made a really big mistake, like I, somebody hit me up and said James Cook was out there in one of their leagues. Like that's a big mistake. Or if Traylon Burks, who I'm going to talk about, is out there. That's a mistake. It's maybe not as big as James Cook, but it's a mistake. And you and you have one of these like marginal fringy, like maybe one of the, even the deeper guys that I'm going to mention today, you could make that move to upgrade. You really could. I'm not going to cut a handcuff to do it, but I, I would cut other players potentially to do it. So you don't have to make these moves. It doesn't make you better by making these moves. You're only going to make your team better if you're going to make moves that make your team better. Just simply making moves don't make your team better, right? It does not happen. So Keep that in mind, whether it's a trade, whether it's a waiver move, drop ad, whether it's a start-sit decision, your number one goal in fantasy football is to make your team better, and and if you operate under that mindset, you're uh, you're well ahead of most fantasy players out there. All right, so let's talk about running backs. So Raheem Mostert's out there in 42% of leagues. I used my cutoff as 70%, uh, 42% of leagues. Now, there's plenty of worlds, not just a world, a singular world, but there are plenty of worlds in which Raheem Mostert is the number one running back for the Dolphins. Uh, yes, I know Chase Edmonds is the favorite, but just because we love him doesn't necessarily mean that Mike McDaniel is going to use him the way that we want him to. So I think Mostert should be owned in a much higher number of leagues, uh, well over 70%. So he tops the list. Alexander Madison's available in 53% of leagues. Why is this important? Like, if you don't have Dalvin Cook, you don't really care. And you really shouldn't care. But if you have Dalvin Cook, 
That means there are a lot of people out there who drafted Delvin Cook and did not draft Alexander Madison. And if history has told us anything, it's draft Alexander Madison if you draft Delvin Cook. Uh, that one was really surprising to me. If I had the opportunity, I'm going to go out and get Madison then if I didn't draft him. Brian Robinson available in 62% of leagues. Uh, he could be possibly added, put onto your injured reserve if you have an injured reserve spot. Uh, something to think about with him. Tyler Algier. Now we're getting deeper. Algier is one of those guys, if he's like the last man on your roster and you absolutely needed to make a move, you could cut him loose, but he's available in 24% of leagues. Or he's owned, rostered in 24% of leagues. He's available in 76% of leagues. He's going to be one of these guys who's going to get dropped a lot in the next couple weeks. And I think it's going to be a big mistake because we didn't draft him for now. We drafted him for down the line. So what I've been doing is just biding my time in leagues where I don't have him because this this happens every year. Players like this get dropped, and we can just swoop in and grab them. Uh, same thing with Isaiah Pacheco, 82% of leagues. Rashad White, 87% of leagues. So a lot of Leonard Fournette owners did not actually handcuff him. That's surprising. Isaiah Spiller, 87% of leagues. I like taking an upside shot on him if I have Austin Eckler, especially as a handcuff. But even without Eckler, I took a couple stabs. And then Mike Davis is available in 90% of leagues. I don't love Mike Davis, but if I have J.K. Dobbins right now, I am not banking on J.K. Dobbins doing a whole lot of anything in week one. Mike Davis could kind of be sneaky like as an RB3, like a flex option, but I would much rather him than uh, Kenyon Drake. Moving over to wideout, I mentioned Traylon Burks. He's available in 32% of leagues. What the heck? People just buy hook, line, and sinker beat writer reports, but Dan Graziano came out, and he said he expects a big role for Traylon Burks in that offense. So I'm scooping him up. I don't care what happens in week one. I'm going to see this thing out. Sky Moore, also 32% available. I want a piece of that offense, and I don't want Juju. So I've typically either been getting Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's he's over the threshold. Sky Moore or McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman is much more widely available. 63% of leagues. So they're both out there. Uh, I like the rookie a lot, though, so I think I would prioritize him over Hardman and just be patient. Jahan Dotson could hit the ground running pretty quickly here for Washington, available in 43% of leagues. George Pickens, how is this even possible? 45% of leagues? People love to Pickens. Michael Gallup, uh, 56% of leagues, you could sneak him onto your injured reserve because he is now declared out. Uh, for week one, Julio Jones, 58% of leagues. I'll take a stab on him. 35% rostered for Josh Palmer. So that's 65% of leagues, 67% of leagues for Rondale Moore. Get some upside young guys there. Jameson Williams, another guy we could stash on uh, IR, 77% available. Both the Green Bay kids are out there. 79% uh, for Christian Watson. 81% for Romeo Dobbs. I, I I prefer Watson, believe it or not. I know Dobbs is the one who's gotten the initial headlines, but that's largely, I think, because Watson was banged up. He could play in week one. By the way, Al Lazard may not play in week one, so keep track of that one. Uh, both of those guys are interesting. I'd only grab one of them, though. Nico Collins, 80% available. Wandale Robinson for Uber Deep Leagues, 88% available. And how about this? K.J. Hamler is out there in 95% of leagues. Am I the only one who wants a deep piece of that? Now, granted, you have to be in a much deeper league for K.J. Hamler to be viable, but heck, why not? All right, tight end, only some upside guys. So Njoku is out there 54%. Big Irv, 56%. 80% for Evan Ingram. What the heck? 80% available. That's great. Al O. 
I'm not calling him Alberto anymore. He's Allo, okay? Uh, he is uh, 83% available, and then Gerald Everett is 88% available. All right, team defense. If you happen to draft a, a good te- team defense in a bad matchup, well, you may want to listen up for these five options because I'd rather play bad quarterbacks. We have a terrible scoring system that we use in fantasy football for defenses. So instead of playing good defenses, really, we just have to play defenses who are facing bad quarterbacks because we want takeaways, we want interceptions, we want touchdowns mainly. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are available in 61% of leagues. They face the Carolina Panthers and actually have a nice little stretch. Yes, revenge game for Baker Mayfield, but it's a nice little stretch for Cleveland, and I think Cleveland's going to get the better side of this one against uh, uh, Baker. Uh, Cincinnati facing Mitchell Trubisky, it looks like here. Uh, they are 68% available. I'm going to go after Mitch Mitchell, whatever. I don't care what you call him. I'm going after him with that defense. Denver. Denver is very widely available. 79% available. They are facing Seattle and Geno Smith. Again, this is not complicated. Let's just go up against bad quarterbacks or suspect quarterbacks. And sure, Geno Smith isn't going to throw the ball a ton, but I still want to go up against him. Uh, Tennessee is facing the New York Giants. Giddy up on that one. 86% available. So even if De- if Cleveland is not out there and you're not in a matchup, like if you have San Francisco this week or New Orleans this week, you have a great matchup. You don't have anything to worry about. But some of these, these defenses that were drafted do not have great matchups. If you draft them, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're going to face Dallas in week one. No, thank you. So I would just move on from them and start streaming, but maybe that's just me. Uh, so yeah, facing Daniel Jones, I'm all about that. And if you are um, really scraping the bottom of the barrel, Washington, I think, is in play as well. They're 55% available. The only challenge that I'm, I'm running into here is they do face Jacksonville. So on paper, you would say, especially last year's Jags offense, that's a good matchup. I'm a little wary because I did like how Trevor Lawrence looked in the preseason. I thought Trevor Lawrence actually looked pretty stinking good. And um, that's the, the the problem area for me is if he goes out there and plays well, then this is not going to be a good fantasy play for you. Uh, so that is a challenge. All right, so that wraps up this week one waivers. Remember, you don't have to make a move if you don't have a move to make. And, um, you know, no drop. Don't make a drop. Don't force any of these drop ads. I will be doing waivers on this podcast every week. I'll be doing rankings on the other podcasts on Wednesdays every week. That's the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast, so make sure you subscribe to that as well. But waivers will be staying right here on the rant on Tuesdays. Speaking of FTN Fantasy, make sure you go over, subscribe, man. It's the best way to help it out and uh, keep this thing going. FTNFantasy.com, promo code RATPACK. At Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter. And we are now just under 48 hours away from the start of the 2022 NFL season. Giddy up, baby. All right, I will uh, catch you on the flip side. I'll be back on Thursday for another edition of the pod. We'll talk wide receiver cornerback. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out. Oh, <laughs>